0: Everyone, good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Walker AC Experience. No more excuses. You know who I am. You know why I'm here. And I keep wanting to do this show sporadically just to keep you guessing. But obviously, you know, I thought I was out, but they pulled me back in, of course. Horrible movie line. Don't look it up, millennials. It is I, Walker AC, and to you, my friends, yes, you are my friends, coming to you live for the month of May in this uh, wonderful show we do and once in a great while but as you read the description down below i'm back once again with my very special guest the one of the hosts of cereal and beer which is coming out later this month welcome my dear friend kevin Yu. hey kevin how's it going
1: hey, hey. thanks for having me back
0: man oh it has been quite the roller coaster of weeks. but how have you been
1: Oh, you know, going through hells, but I keep going, you
0: know? Yeah, of course, I mean, we all go through hell with gasoline britches on, but we keep on moving. Uh, <laughs> so, so, I just want to bring, I'm sorry, go ahead, you were going to say something?
1: No, it's, uh, you know, it's just good to, um, you know, spend a Friday night talking to a friend, just trying to bring positivity and some uh, entertainment into the world.
0: Yeah, that is true. I mean, we go through so much every single day, and we just need a release. And I think one of our releases is doing a podcast. I mean, that really works for me. Once again, I never thought I would actually sit on a microphone and, you know, talk to a good friend for a little bit of time on end. And um, with this show here, we just try to find a silver lining in whatever thing is thrown at us. Or just, you know, just talk about random stuff like we always do, of course, not to... Not to steal your concept of cereal and beer, no. That's we're not going to do that, folks, because cereal, <laughs> cereal and beer—that's its own separate entity, which is ten times better than what this show could ever be. <laughs> <laughs> what the what the positives uh, are going on in the life of Kevin? Well, some positives is that my um,
1: my job is less hellish, so that's pretty good. Let's starting to adapt. Um, you know, just enjoying my time with my friends around here, you know, it's, it's it, you know, and no man is poor when he has friends, and it's, you know, when you have good honest people here in your side, that are willing to help you, anyway, it's, it's more about, you know, value in the gold, you can't buy that, and so those are some really nice things that bring going on.
0: Yeah, and that is true. And I've said this before on a couple of podcasts as we've done. I've agreed 100% with just everything you said because you bring to this show a certain intelligence that's truly lacking. Um, <laughs> no, but I appreciate Basically, everything you important. do. I've got
1: to use my advanced degrees for some, some good in the world.
0: Well, Dave, that is true. Now, okay speaking of advanced degrees now you said you uh, did speech therapy at one point in time correct yeah i'm still doing it now so how does one find that so say for example so say for example they live in your area which obviously we're not yes. going to divulge that but if they live uh-huh. in your in your location would they apply would they go in i mean how does that work
1: it depends on the age depends on the settings so for example um speech therapists work with Patients from across the age range, from birth until you know, palliative care, and then you could also, you know, let's just say your child um, has a communication disorder or swallowing disorder, you could go to um, uh, your local school district uh, to get kid tested, or you can go to some early intervention specialist programs to also get services. If you're, let's just say you're an adult and like you experience something like having a stroke or having like um, like nodules in your throat. You can if your, your insurance covers it, you can go to an outpatient clinic or private practice, and, or go to a hospital for inpatient
0: or outpatient care, and they can uh, help you out there. Now, how did you get into that? I mean, did you go to, did you go to college uh, for it, or is that something um, that you just grew a passion for?
1: Well, um, how it all started was, um, I used to be an English language uh, instructor overseas and then my colleague was a, a speech language pathologist. And and so I, I got pushed out of my old career because of um, my disability. And it's there's also a weird um, uh, racial bias for English teachers. If you are Caucasian, you have a leg up overseas. It's uh, really, really naive and bigoted. But anyhow, so like, so I thought, okay, where can I take my skills to apply what I've learned already? So I decided to, you know, get to more student debt and go to grad <laughs> school to get uh, and, uh, you know, my master's degree.
0: So with, with that particular job, so people who know me know I have a stutter. Would something, like, would something like that um, be considered speech therapy, uh, you know, for you? I mean, you know, would be able to work with me for that or does it have to be something totally different?
1: Yeah, we handle people with fluency um, disorders. But for you, I want to encourage you by telling you that every single human being in the world stutters, everybody. You look at any public speaker that's speaking off the cuff, they stutter. And, you know, clinically speaking, you do not have a study that would warrant me to diagnose you or treat you. You're just a guy that can do it. I mean, what's funny is um, some of the podcasts i like to listen to. They, they do a lot of improv, and this, the stutter and the miscommunications make the best improv. And <laughs> so I don't, I don't think people should be really all that, um, I guess, insecure about these things.
0: Oh, I've learned to embrace it throughout the years. Um, I did a show a couple of years back talking about my stutter and how bad it was. Um, I had a stutter so bad I can barely complete a sentence. And it made it ten times worse because I couldn't even say the word northern in front of the class because I would freeze up. Or if I was on the phone in front of somebody, the nerves would just get to me. Because I was told that my brain was so excited to get something out it can get to my mouth fast enough. And I trip over everything, or I get so excited to say something, I would just freeze up again. And I've had that for years and years and years. And on occasion, when I do my show, I sometimes trip over my words. So I always thought about going to speech therapy, but for whatever reason, whether it be nerves or anything else, I just never decided to go. So when you told me you did that, you know, that definitely sparked an interest. And now, you know, you're informing me that I really don't need it. That's, that's kind of mind blowing.
1: It's nothing too clinically, um, I would say severe, if anything, I mean, I can teach you some techniques to help you get through those periods, but you know, I would say if, if you ever got any, any services, it'd be more of a consultation to, you know, equip yourself with the knowledge. Because the nature of stuttering is stuttering is not well known. People don't know if it's like a, a planning error. People don't know if it's a motor error of your muscles or coordination error, or it's you know, more to deal with your emotional state, or it could be even has to deal with your breathing. So there's not a lot that's well known about it all, and I think each person is different. But also the thing that I like to do learn is, is with um, advocacy, self-advocacy. and That being able to explain to people, you know, what a is there is and what it isn't. And how to feel more comfortable with yourselves. There are some people out there that just completely embrace it. It's like, this is who I am. it's what I do. And if you don't like it, it's your problem.
0: Yeah, I learned that the hard way. But just as life goes on you start to get less insecure about yourself and you open up more and more and become more comfortable with yourself. So I guess this is why my stutter is less and less, but with speech therapy, I do recommend it to anyone um, because it'll it'll definitely help. So I mean, I do really applaud you for that because you're the first and I guess only person I know (laughs) that that does something Mm -hmm. like that. So I mean, with that, you know, of course, you talked about you know yoga, you talked about tantric and stuff like that on past shows. Do you see yourself doing any other passions as life goes on as you start to rebuild yourself?
1: Absolutely, because life is too short to be unhappy with what you're doing. I know what I do matters, and I've helped a lot of people, but I think there's more to life about these things. I want to be able to have more creative outlets. I want to be able to... Explore other things, and I want to also not have to rely on one source of income, what's going more expensive. And I do feel called sometimes to have the opportunities to see what's out there, like learning how to play an instrument, or i not learning how to do the improv, or just you know, start my own businesses. So, yeah, I mean. I also have heard from people who've had a lot of success in their lives that you shouldn't work to make other people rich for too long. And I think
0: I agree with that. Yeah, and I agree with that too. Um, I just think, and I keep hearkening back to that. The older we get, the more we find out more about who we are. If you know if that if that word salad made any sense, uh, it's just that trying to you know you know trying to broaden our, trying to broaden our horizon. You know, as far as learning just new things. And I think being my ripe old age of 46, I mean 47, how old am I? 47, yes, 47. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> you know, just thinking about trying new things is just the way of life. And I think the secret to life is fun. And that plane of an answer can go a really long way if you think about it. Because, you know, why do you make money to go out and have fun? Why do you have a job? You know because allegedly it's fun you know why do you get into a relationship because it's fun why do you live on your own because it's fun and i think that um that theory is really lost on a whole lot of people because if you asked a common person what the secret to life is most people would say it's a toggle between wealth you know money uh, materialistic things status things of that nature Versus waiting, you know, looking at the just the basic, the basic parts of just life, which is fun. I mean, what is your, what, what do you think your secret to, to life is? Well, I like to think it's about um, thinking from things from different angles. Like, um, there's a model called uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and it is flawed, but I think the core concepts do
1: make sense. Like the innermost core, your basic cores food, water, and and, like that in there. Then it goes out to shelter and then it goes to greater needs, like community, like um belonging, feeling loved. And like it goes out into self actualization. Finding things that are greater than yourself that you can participate in. And I believe that when you're when you're when you're able to start thinking about these other things, you can find those things that can fulfill you. And hopefully that everybody's listening has those core needs fulfilled because those are absolutely essential. As Once we're able to fulfill those needs, then you have the freedom. Then you have the security. Then you can take the chances to get what you want in life. You don't have to worry about where your next meal is coming from.
0: You know, you can go out and meet the people, make connections that can make those things happen for you. And I wish that for everybody. And see, not to turn this into an interview, because I know we're just kind of going back and forth a little bit, but it's all about, you know, the happiness and inner peace that we have as individuals. And I think most people get caught up in just the rigors of day-to-day life where they take things way too seriously and they overthink things and they just keep forgetting just the basic parts of life. So this is why I'm asking you questions just to get your opinion to see, you know, to see what's beyond – Beyond my opinion, actually, because my opinion is very basic when it comes to life, you know, you go, you have fun, you work hard, you find your passion, and that passion will carry you, you know, until it's time to, you know, punch out your ticket, in other words. But I think there's a lot of wisdom, in the simplicity, because when you really do break it down,
1: when you cut away all the unnecessary things, if you have your peace of mind, if you have your security, if you have the appreciation of the life you have, and not constantly be stuck about what you don't have, that can bring you a lot of happiness that that money can't buy.
0: So, so my last question to you is: as we just basically drift back and forth, is why do you think most people, generally speaking, it's a really, it's a really difficult way to ask because obviously <clears throat> you know, everyone's different, everybody works in different ways, but why do you think most people are afraid to go get what they want, as far as you know, happiness and inner peace? And I say this because with my line of work, I see a lot of people that are miserable. Now, whether it be for the sake of misery less company, or they let something get to them, or just life in general, why do you think most people are really afraid to be happy? Well, I believe that people are more afraid of the pain of the change versus the
1: current pain that they have. You know, you go with W, you, you know whether the angel you don't. So you, at least you know what to expect. At least you know it's predictable that this sucks. And, but hey, it's, it's a suck that you know versus Are you willing to make that gamble? Are you making that risk? Are you willing
0: to put the energy and the effort f- forth you can
1: truly get what you want and some people just don't want to learn that lesson
0: i think that and also i've learned at i was very once again very blessed to learn at a very early age that you know adrian you're going to fail just flat you're going to fail and what they don't tell you is that it's okay you know, you're going to fail. You're going to fail multiple times. You're going to fail tremendously, but it's going to be okay because you can still keep going. That's the part that most people miss out on. That's the part that most people ignore is that you go to a venture, you take the risk, and you fail, but it's okay. You get back up and you keep on going. It may take a couple of days, may take a couple of months, or a couple of years, but the fact that you keep on going, I think. Generally speaking, most people are afraid to have that instant failure because they want to be successful so quickly.
1: Yeah, I believe that ego is the way, you know, pride goes before fall. And that we just look at everybody's end product. That's why influencers are so manicured with their appearance and, and reputation. Because nobody wants to look at the grind. Nobody looks at the unglamorous parts or the failures or the boring parts. They just want to see to losing glamour, just like with you know social media. Everyone's to highlight reliable out there, and so it, it really is getting beyond your own ego and, and just understanding that failure is part of the process. It, it may be unpleasant, but you're not. It's not going to completely undo you as a person.
0: And see, I just think to piggyback off of what you said. Just, it, was the, it was the way most are raised. You know, you're raised to work hard, be successful, go to college, just insert motivational thing here. But once again, they don't tell you that if you don't succeed, you know, you're not done. Either keep trying or find something else to suit you. So with that, I think generations have raised cultures of people that are just afraid.
1: Yeah, like, you have, like, exactly, there's so much demand on them, and that if you don't meet that demand, you're considered a failure for a goal that you never chose, that you may not even want, that was dictated to you. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and, I, and I agree, that's one of the main things I try to, I don't want to say preach, because that's kind of self-serving, uh, that's one of the main things I try, you know, just to, just to tell people, just go out and try, and having... Having an offspring and trying to give my wisdom uh, to, you know, to my son, I keep trying to say, it's okay, you know, go out there, try different things and try as many things as you want to. You know, if you fail, get back up. Don't be afraid to fail. Actually expect to fail. That's something that most people don't hear. Expect to fail. Yeah. So if it does happen, you're like, okay, I expected this. I prepared for it. I have something else in the background. You know, so it,
1: I... it is it is really hard to learn how to fail gracefully. It's hard to learn how to pick yourself up. I think that's, that's just one of those things that we don't teach each other how to how to handle it. You know, especially when failure is
0: very public. Because the internet feels to be extremely public. Yes 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 indeed and, and and forgive me for pausing for a second there I had a little brain fart uh, beauty of podcasting folks I don't believe in editing uh, <laughs> okay. it's, just, it's just that that's um, you know, the strangest thing because if I had the ability to tell my 18 year old self don't be afraid to fail I think life would have turned out differently but you know just such is life there's no regrets whatsoever we just keep pushing you know, no matter what. Um, I kind of interrupted your thought. Uh, What were you going to say?
1: No, it's... I was going to say, I like how people don't edit podcasts because why spend all that time and energy into curating something into unnatural versus you and I are just speaking naturally. We're not following the script and, you know, conversations can be messy and and nonsensical, but that's okay. In, In a way, the way we're talking is going along with this theme of just like, it's okay to fail. If we stumble through this track, it's okay. We still have a good thing going.
0: And that is true. I mean, what would you, and of course this is one of the typical questions, but we'll quickly bulldog this one, but what would you tell your younger self, you know, if you can go back in time, as cheesy as it sounds, but what, like, what advice would you give your 17-year-old self? I think I would tell them that um
1: don't be afraid of challenges it's okay you know it's okay if you get intimidated it's okay if you get anxious you know like you learn from it and to take chances in life because life gets more interesting you grow from these things you don't grow from sitting in your own bubble you know for years and years and years take chances because life is short and you never know what can happen and you know, is about the ratio of luck versus work. You can't control your luck, you might as well put
0: forth the best effort you can. Mm, that's nice. And I will tell my 17-year-old self, don't eat yellow snow, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs>
2: um,
0: <laughs> I would just keep the same message, you know, just don't be afraid to fail and take mm-hmm. your time. And no matter what, go slower. Just take your time, go slower. Right. Because at that age, life is just opening up and you have all these experiences. And as we're being taught by our parents and by our peers, and just by life in general, we're taught to hurry up and to get the good stuff, to get the good job, the good house, the marriage, the cars, everything of the sort. But once again, other than the don't be afraid to fail, or we want you to fail, you know, slow down. That's the main thing I would tell myself. It's just slow down. Because it's still going to be there. You know, it's better you, yeah, better you take your time and you prepare to get there. Because it's going to be so much better you know, once you hit that goal. Once you hit that goal, keep on going to the next one and so on and so on. Yeah.
1: Just like, keep pushing. Keep pushing, you know, because life is about exploration.
0: You know, I've heard that the purpose of life is to find your purpose. Yes, and I believe... That once you find your purpose in life, even if you get halfway there, it's a really good peaceful feeling. Because once again, life is about fun and, and about inner peace. Inner peace actually is not that difficult to get if you really think about it. And I can only speak for myself. I dare not speak for anyone else. It's just the inner peace is knowing who you are, knowing what your limitations are, knowing what the expectations are you put on yourself and knowing to really appreciate the small things that you have, you know, whether it be the moments you have by yourself, living alone, um, the little meager things that you have around you, you just really have to appreciate that, because if not, you can lose yourself in the forest trying to get all the good things very quickly that you see on TV, or that you think that you're supposed to have, the big cars, the big house, the you know the pl- the plethora of whoers that like you and stuff like that, but it's mm. not it's not really my thing. I mean, what is what is Kevin's inner peace?
1: My inner peace is knowing that um, that I real the realization that what you're worried about now, in the grand scheme of things, don't doesn't really matter. Because when you think back when you were younger, what were you so concerned with? Like being the cool, like being cool at school, you know, <laughs> like having the, the best sneakers, getting that video game that you wanted so much. Those things that mattered for you so, so, so much when you were younger. And this time it was like, oh well, yeah, that's, that doesn't really matter anymore. I'm trying to keep that in mind. And knowing that like, you you do have a say in how you feel. You actually do. It's easy to forget that. It's very easy to forget that you have a choice in how you feel. And that once you start embracing the way you feel, you can let things go and
0: attain that inner peace that you've been speaking of. Yes, that's definitely a good thing. This is what this show is all about but I'll turn it over to you just for a moment. I'm going to put you on the hot seat for a second and and, and I'm going to give it to you for a few minutes to let you ask me anything or let let you talk about anything because I I like the free flowing, um, vibe of the show itself. So it's not all about me as much as I would like to think it is. Sure. Um, I, I did have a
1: question for you now. You know, we mentioned that we're not, you know, in our in our twenties anymore, and that's fine. Um, so something I've been thinking about is nostalgia, and that's something you don't get until you <laughs> reach a certain age. It's weird, just you can't be a teenager and feel nostalgic about things. It's like once you start possibly hitting your mid twenties and later, that's when you start kind of thinking about it. And I also like, I think it's funny when there's reverse nostalgia. Or mm. inverted, or like—is there's something you liked as a child that you think is stupid now? <laughs> <laughs> so, is there anything that you that you liked when you were younger that you don't
0: like now? Oh goodness, um, yes. Um, back then, because the way I grew up, um, I was middle to lower class, um, so I wanted all of the toys. You know that that everyone else had, because you know of course we didn't have the finances to, to do certain things or to buy certain things, and I wanted GI Joe's so bad. Yeah. I wanted GI Joe's so bad, and the GI I would play with my friends GI Joe's, and I would wrestle with them because I thought they were wrestlers. So you know,
2: uh-huh.
0: you know before the actual action figures came out, but um, I played with the rest, I play with the GI Joe's for years, and then in my thirties. I'm um, going to a thrift store. I found a whole mess of GI Joes and I'm oh, looking wow. at them. And I'm like, wow, I can buy these and I can wait a second. I can buy them. And what? <laughs> <You know, laughs> what? Wait, what am I going to, what am I going? Oh my God. This is so stupid. I cannot <laughs> believe I waited my whole life to have a handful of GI Joes and what? I can't do anything with them. And a small aside here, For you millennials who do not know what G.I. Joe's are, YouTube or Google G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe is an animated show, and it's really hard to explain. It's good guys versus bad guys. They had laser guns instead of guns that shot bullets, but no one got hurt. No one got shot with a laser. They would get up to a point and start throwing punches at each other. So, yeah, there you go. Um, But back to your original question, yeah. That's something I found stupid. All the toys that I wanted as a little kid And now the toys that I see now that sparked images of my childhood, they're all now collectors now. You know, people just buy them and sell them. They don't play with them. They don't, you know, enjoy them. They just buy the package, put it on eBay, and make money off of it. Mm -hmm. To me, it's just a waste.
1: Yeah, I kind of think it was quasi-military propaganda. (laughs)
0: <laughs> now, now what, what about you, I mean, like, well, something that you saw now, you're like, ooh, I can't believe I wanted that. Um, probably candy, because, like, I can't handle
1: that much sugar anymore, But you just, you know, I, even as a kid, there's, like, certain tolerances I couldn't have, like, some candies are still way too sweet, I'm just like, I'm gonna eat it anyways, it was just like way too much. Even as a kid, I couldn't handle frosted flakes. It was too much. You know, like giving
0: back my kicks, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to kind of piggyback off of that, and thank you for bringing that up. Um, yeah, when I got older, like a teenager, you know, I had my first job and I told myself I can buy all this stuff that I can never have. You know, the sugary sweet cereals or the candies or stuff like that. And you would go through a couple of days of, okay, I can have this now because I can afford it. And you have it and maybe not even a couple of hours later, you're like, okay, now I understand why I couldn't have this because this is kind of just garbage. You know, I, you, know, to, you know, sugar smacks or Frosted Flakes, you finally eat it, you're like, wow, this was all the hype. This was a waste. <laughs> um, but other than that, yeah, that's... Definitely something interesting, and so I'm trying to think what, what makes us happy now other than the basic parts of life, roof over your head, food in your belly, you know, a good circle of friends.
1: I, mean, I just like, I think having fulfilling experiences with, you know, people, even for it by yourself, that's something really nice like going out and finding a, a really a nice restaurant that you really like, or, find, or just being able to relax on the beach with a little care in the world, and being able to, like, you know, meeting a new friend, meeting an old friend, you know, trying something new. You know, life is made up of you know, novel experiences.
0: So now my last question for us before we sign off is an interesting one, you know, did you ever think that you would be like your parents you know as you got uh, older no,
1: and it's some i think something it's something that everybody denies that like we end up more like our parents than we than we want to admit because I, I do notice like some habits in some ways that I am was you know I take after my mom and dad, whether you know I want to or not, I am like them. And I didn't just accept that. I just be like, well, that's how they raised me. That's who they were. And just we end up imitating them just because, you know, they're our parents. So it's kind of weird like that. Like, even like um, the way I eat sometimes, well, like I put my forearm on the table, like just like a dad. <laughs> it was like, wait a minute, I'm doing it again.
0: <laughs> well, I come to find out, I'm like my mother. Um, I have a good portion of her habits, her phrases, and I thought I would never be like my mother. Not because anything derogatory, it's just that I couldn't wait to be an adult, to have my own way of thinking and ideals and whatnot. I do have them, but I have a whole lot more of my mother's mannerisms and sayings and everything. And I never, yeah, it's, 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 it's very enlightening to know that generation to generation i'm like i'd never say that i never act and now i find myself doing the exact same thing i told myself i would never mm-hmm. do and one of the best compliments that i've heard these past couple of days is um my son said someone told him that he acts just like his father and, oh, that's awesome. you know and his friend was trying to be snarky but we took that as a compliment that's one like the best compliments i've ever heard other than you know you're handsome and i know they were lying um so yeah i (laughs) really really enjoyed that um so as we come to a close for this episode of the walker ac experience of course you can always find us on 22 different platforms uh just do a search for the walker ac experience spotify our heart radio of course descriptions down below Or, you know, just look for walkerac76.pottybean.com. But before we go, of course, I'd like to thank Kevin Yu of Cereal and Beer, which will be coming out later this month. Highly recommend watching and find that on Spotify and Potomatic. Also, please subscribe and comment. And look for his uh, couple of past shows. They're really, really good. And before we sign off, anything you would like to say, Kevin? Because, of course, the floor is all yours. Absolutely. So to end it on a positive note, really treat yourself
1: like your, your own best friend. When you make decisions, think, would you want your best friend to do this?
0: Simple to the point. And of course, I'm going to have to poke and prod like I've done before. Uh, your podcast will be out later this month, a couple of weeks, a couple of days.
1: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully uh, we'll be recording next week, and then we'll uh, shoot
0: out there to the universe. Which would be awesome, because uh, you yeah. cannot hate on the pan—you you cannot hate on Panda Express. So I will always <laughs> hold that against you. <laughs> oh, I
1: have some some uh, places to bring you, man.
0: Hey, I'm all for it. You know, when you come back down to this way, let me know. We have plenty to catch up on, and until then, we're gonna make oh, plenty yeah. more shows. So. As we say adieu to our people who have took the time to download this show, to listen to it, we do appreciate you because, once again, without you, there is no us. And until next time, this has been the Walker AC Experience. I have been Adrian. You have been my friends, my family, my loved ones, my friends, and my enemies. And my enemies always listen to see what my next move is. (laughs) Until next time, folks. Thank you.